Every life tells a story, and through that life, an even greater story is being told. Today we're going to talk to Bill Maiden. He's one of many voices of faith. Hello and welcome to Voices of Faith. I'm your host, Mark Matsky, and it is my great privilege today to be speaking with my friend Bill Maiden. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you very much, Pastor. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. I will get right into it today, and I'll begin by asking you, Bill, how did your upbringing help you to understand who God is? Oh, it started uh, when I was quite young. My mother used to take us to church every Sunday. Uh, my father wasn't uh, really a churchgoer. He worked in the coal mines, and uh, I guess he was tired. On the weekends, he just rested. But uh, there was something about him having gone, uh, worked in the coal mines that uh, made me to know that he was close to the Lord. Later, I realized that in my life. Uh, he'd come home whistling every day. And I, I resolved that if anybody that could go down in the bowels of the earth and come home whistling must have uh, been close to the Lord and realized his blessings. Of course, my mother used to take us to the church. She was uh, uh, the mother of the church. And every Sunday, that was where we were. We be she belonged to the Holiness Church. And uh, they rejoiced in the Lord uh, joyfully, talking about making a joyful noise to the Lord. She did. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was uh, her. She first introduced me there. And the benefits that I've realized as I've grown older, looking back on that, uh, that, was, that was the beginning. Now, where was it that you grew up, Bill? I grew up in Alabama, the little place called, well, I was born in Dayton, Alabama, and the, the first thing that realized that made me realize when I was in the world, really, was uh, for, that impacted my life was when my father passed. I was nine years old. Mm. That particular, uh, everything seemed, as I look back, goes back to that was the beginning of me re realizing that I, I had to trust in the Lord, and I did. From that point on, uh, we had to, to uh, I was nine years old, and we, he was a coal miner, we had to give up our home uh, because there was nobody else in the house that could work in the coal mines. So my mother took us to my aunt and uncle's farm, who were sharecropper farmers at the time, in Fawnsdale, Alabama. And my aunt and uncle uh, uh, entered, uh, met us on Sunday. Monday morning, they had a hole for each of us. Wow. And, of course, they took us to the fields, introduced it. Their, their main pro, product, was, product was cotton and corn. And my grandmother was living with them. She had, us, had them to give me a roll next to hers in order to chop, chop the cotton. And she showed me how to thread the cotton a hose width 
and leave two stalks to the hill. And went on to the other end of the road. When I got there, she said, you'll be a long liver because I showed you how to carry the row up at the other end and you carried it just like a grown person. Well, that, mm. that certainly helped me a lot. Sure. It helped me a lot. It gave me confidence in myself that I could do just about anything. Mm -hmm. Just what I had to do was listen. So how long were you there? I was there in that part of the country for two years. Mm -hmm. uh, we, my mother desired that... Uh, my mother didn't stay there with us. She, when you stayed there with aunt and uncle, uh, she had to come back to the Birmingham area so she could work. She worked for white families so that uh, she could earn money in order mm -hmm. to make provisions for us. But uh, she wanted me to 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 uh, not stay there because they didn't have have schools for Negroes there. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, the the when we when we did the when we worked the fields and we laid the crops by, there was a lady who had the equivalent of a sixth grade education. She would have the children come to her, and she would teach them what she knew. But as I look back, it must have been about equivalent of a sixth grade education that she had. Mm -hmm. But uh, two years, those two years, after those two, in 1934, my dad died in 1932. 1934 was when I came back to Capstown, Alabama, to live with my dad's first cousin, who was a sharecropper—not not a sharecropper, but a truck farmer and a coal miner. Mm -hmm. And his sons were grown, and they they wanted to work in the coal mines. Therefore, they were not helping on the farm. And me, being 14 at that time, was able to. Uh, 12 years old at that time, two years later, 12 years old at that time, uh, he, uh, I could help him on the farm. Do what he, what he, whatever he wanted done, I did. Not to do, I did not do. Mm -hmm. Yes. But it gave me the benefit of going back to school at that time. I see. Yes. And was, what was your connection to the church like the church at that then, time? I went to, well, this cousin uh, was a deacon of the church. This is a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. uh, his wife was a singer, and he was a deacon of the church. And of course, I was in Sunday school every Sunday. Got to the point where I learned well enough to teach Sunday school. Mm -hmm. Then I was in the choir, and used to, as a, even as a, a teenager, I used to sing solos for, in the choir then. So I've always been the part of the choir, and people... Uh, congratulated me that they enjoyed my singing, and therefore the singing, the voice is still with me. Thank it God. Is, yes. yes. So I feel I've, I that uh, the fact that I've gotten comments from people then made me to know that gave me the confidence to know that this was a gift from the Lord for me, and I have always used it to His glory. Describe some of those services for us. Oh, the services in the Baptist Church. I, uh, was they they sing hymns? Uh, the first okay to begin with. Uh, but usually the deacons sat up front, and they would start the service with a with a hymn, one of the Doctor Watts hymns, and they would give out the verse, and the people would repeat in the in the in, with the, in a tune that that the deacons presented. They would repeat what the deacons had said. Mm -hmm. Okay, if they didn't know this song, the deacons would. Sing the song, and they would repeat what he said they, until they, 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 over and over until they've learned it. Mm -hmm. And then they would, the deacons would pray. They didn't stand to pray. They always got on their knees, down about it either, either at the bench, and they prayed. And uh, 
uh, each one would say their prayers to the Lord, get up, and of course they'd sing another hymn before time for the minister to come and preach the service, this sermon. Excellent. Yes. So what finally brought you north? Okay. Uh, okay, I'd gone... Uh, I'd, I'd graduated from high school. Then I, I got a job with the Tennessee Coal, Iron, Tennessee Coal Iron and Railroad Company. I worked for them for one year. And, of course, the war had started by that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was drafted into the military. It went to Fort Benning, Georgia for, post, for pre-induction examination. And they thought, they thought they saw a spot on my lungs. So uh, they reclassified me to 4F. Now, uh, evidently there was no spot on my lungs because I didn't go to an institution that haven't removed anything like that. I wasn't ill. But the fact that my dad had died from black lung, they assumed it was tuberculosis then. Mm. Black lung, I guess, was not in the medical profession then. But later, uh, they, they discovered that uh, those, the coal miners were suffering from black lung rather than tuberculosis. Well, tuberculosis being such a high, highly communicable disease, they, they, they felt that somebody in the family should have gotten the tuberculosis because uh, they didn't move him out of the home. They merely put his bed out on the back porch, screened in the back porch, and, and we weren't supposed to go out to visit him, but he was, he was out there to get fresh air. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but he stayed in the home, and we stayed there too until his passing. And after he passed, of course, went to the farm. But, uh, uh, and of course, then uh, they were converting uh, industry over to making war equipment. So a cousin in, in Detroit said, "Come to Detroit, uh, you'll get a better job." And uh, Things will work out better. So I went to Detroit, Michigan. That's when the, when I first left Alabama. I had asked before I left, though. I had asked my my wife's mother for her, if I could marry her. Okay. So before I left, because here I've worked a year at the mines now, and I'm, and I'm reclassified to four F. I may as well get married and, and and start a family. I asked Jennifer's mother for her, and she consented. But we didn't get married at that time. I went on to Detroit. And Jennifer's uh, mother had a brother who lived in Detroit. Uh, uh, they came on behind after me. Uh, I didn't know that was happening, but uh, not long after I got there, in August of 19, uh, 1930, 1930, no, this is 1943 now. Mm-hmm. 1943, August of 1943, uh, they came on to, in the... Uh, we got married. We should, I went. I went up in August, and we got married in that November. Okay. Well, I had to report to the draft board there too. So, uh, the fall, in 1944, uh, draft board called me in again for another exam. No spot, and that's when I ended up in the Marine Corps. 19 May of 1944. So that changed your plans oh, significantly, yes, didn't it? It certainly did. Yes, it did. Uh, I, I, but then I had connected myself with the church there. The, 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 uh, preach, the minister's wife, uh, Reverend Woodson's wife, at, at uh, Beth, she, she took a liking to me. She used to sing herself, mm-hmm. and I had a voice, and she 
push me singing solos with them. I would relieve her sometime with singing solos at the church. And his name was Price Woodson, Reverend Price Woodson, uh, my my, uh, my mother-in-law's brother, Price Woodson. He, had, he was a minister of a Baptist church as well. And I felt at home in the Baptist church. Mm-hmm. And uh, singing again with the choir and doing solos there. And, I, and, and because I had confessed to the Lord before I left Capstown, too, uh, they had used to have what was called the mourner's bench there, mm-hmm. where uh, those who, did, who had, had not accepted Christ, they would all sit on a mourner's bench, and you would be prayed for, and the preacher would preach, and he would he'd say that Christ died for your sins. Do you have faith? Get up and take and shake my hand if you believe that Christ died for your sins. And finally, when I, I prayed and prayed, and that the people during those times used to ask for specific signs in nature to be shown them in order to uh, uh, to realize that the Lord the Lord had heard their prayer. But I never heard anything. I just I I had the feeling though within myself that the Christ had died for me and that He died for my sins and I had forgiveness for whatever sin I committed. So on the basis of that, I got up, shook the pastor's hand. I was baptized in a lake. It, it, it submerged me there. Okay, they believe in submersion baptism, mm-hmm. and it had a great. They, they go down to the lakeside and lakeside, sing songs, and people get happy and shout because here are new people coming into the kingdom. You know, you have a wonderful time down by the waterside of baptizing. You put on robes. Everybody, everybody being baptized, have on white robes. And they put the, the baptized, and you put the hand over the mouth and the and your nostrils, mm-hmm. and and actually submerge you backward into the water and bring you back out. I've learned later that sort of represents Christ come, rising from the dead, and this promise of our our resurrection. Each, you know, when when we at at, at the time when the, when the Lord wants us to. So that was that was my my conversion and bapti- baptism then. And that would be and that, just an unforgettable oh, yes, experience. Absolutely. I'll never forget that. That's one of the things that uh, the, the, I remember seeing the, the minister that, that asked me off to, to accept Christ, his name was Jesse Arrington. Mm-hmm. I remember shaking his hand. He used to make, they used to make uh, strong, passionate appeals. Just believe. Just believe. His word is true. Just believe. Get if you believe. Get up and shake my hand. And I, I got up and shook his hand. And it seemed when I shook his hand, it felt, seemed as though a load was off me. Mm-hmm. I it seemed as though I had passed through a wall over to some, to a different kind of atmosphere. But it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Yes, yes, that I'll never forget. And when you came up out of that water, you were <laughs> oh yes, a new person. Oh, a new person. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. So you were drafted into service. I was drafted into service and, in 1944. And you served uh, your nation with distinction. Can you yes. tell us about that? Oh, yes. Um, actually, they and I was at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. That's where I was in the boot camp. There was about 30 men in a, in a platoon. And you, 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 they, we, were given a, we had a drill instructor for each platoon. Uh, the guy, the my drill instructor's name was Earl Bostick, young man from Florida, but the cocky too. Uh, they, this actually, 
I didn't realize it then, but Afro-Americans had not, had not been admitted to the Marine Corps before 1942, okay? So we were among some of the first Afro-Americans uh, admitted to the Marine Corps, and our drill instructors evidently had been uh, been made been made more to, known to them that we had a standard to live up to or aspire to for the Marine Corps. Very proud of a branch of the service. And of course, they drilled us extra hard. The discipline was very strict. You know, they were they were they were determined to convict us and and, and condition us to the point of doing our very best. Mm-hmm. And of course, the myth would put forth our bare effort in order to maintain that history that they were aspiring to that the Marine Corps had already established. So they drilled, they, 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 they were very strict. And, but I don't resent, regret any part of it because at that point in my life, I thought I knew everything. And I, but then I realized I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I needed the discipline that I got there. And one of the, one of the best things that could have happened to me, the skin. This is the Lord's hand in my life, realizing me me going at the Marine Corps was what I needed in my life at that time. Mm -hmm. And, of course, uh, I ended up getting my, studying my marching orders, uh, keeping, big. you know, we had uh, things to learn in order to to make good Marines, making our beds. We had a special way to make the beds. Keeping the gear, your, your your best gear, clean and polished, and all, keeping your, your 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 things that you had to wear in order. Had a certain way you had to put them in your locker box or have, put them on display for inspection. And evidently, I was the my drill instructor was impressed. I became honor man of my platoon, and and that was quite an honor for me. The first honor that I realized then, then well. The older I got, to realize that it was a greater honor than I realized then. Right. But then I, I was happy to get it, but I didn't realize that the, the just really, the impact of it all, looking back, is uh, much more impressive than, the, than at that particular mm-hmm. time. But I happened to have been chosen as honor man as my patrol. We trained uh, for about six months. Then in November of 1944, uh, we shipped out from there to go overseas. Uh, we we uh, embarked on a ship in, in Norfolk, Virginia. We didn't know where we were going. Every, this was all a military secret. And uh, we spent Thanksgiving aboard ship out on this open seas on the Pacific, sailing we didn't know where. We ended up in the, in, on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. Okay? Uh, and uh, uh we were we were taking out. We were again. Everything was the services were still segregated. Uh, we took a, our outfit. I was in the Eleventh Ammunition Company. Our ammunition company was out in a place called Makaha Valley in, on, the, on the island of Oahu. It was a responsibility of our our, our company to store and classify ammunition in in uh, uh, in the hills of Hawaii. Hmm. Uh, and then they had uh, uh, places of, of uh, covered places for them, you know, to keep them so they wouldn't be exposed to the weather. So store them there and classify them. And, and when, when an opportunity came, or, or, but a demand came, we were to ship them further down into the South Pacific. The whole time they were there, about two weeks after we were there, though, I was pulled out of ranks, 
and that became there was a, a gentleman who was in charge of a marine who was had done his course of duty in in Hawaii, and and of overseas duty. Hawaii was a, was not a state then; it was considered overseas. It was his time to come back stateside. Therefore, I was to relieve him in the post exchange to take over the to manage the post exchange. So. Mm-hmm. I guess on the basis of me having been on a man back in, in Camp Lejeune, they pulled me out of the platoon and I, would, I was, became post exchange manager. Mm-hmm. And that was my responsibility the whole time I was uh, in, in Hawaii until 1946 when mm-hmm. I was discharged. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I read an article not too long ago yeah. about the Congressional oh, Medal well, of Honor. Oh, the Congressional Medal of Honor. That was totally unexpected too, uh, and I guess in in view of the political, um, well, you know, uh, President Obama being in office, and I guess he's trying to search things, out things that, that to to point up to the to the public generally, of what has happened prior to you know during the times of uh, of segregation and so forth, so uh, realizing that uh, we. As as Marines who served uh, faithfully, and uh, and you know did our carried out uh, out our responsibilities according to what it, what the demands of the Marine Corps, and there had been no record no direct recognition for it. If this he would point it out to the to the public that this had happened, so he had us to come to Washington D.C. Uh, in June of of what was it now twenty twelve. Ted, I believe. Anyhow, uh, and uh, we spent four days. Went went up on Wednesday, came back on a Saturday, and uh, they we we were awarded the 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 the, the Medal of Honor, one of the highest civilian awards that can be awarded a civilian. Uh, there were at that time there were four hundred forty two of us who were able to attend. Mm-hmm. Having gotten up in age now, right? You know, but the, uh, I guess many could could get it posthumously. But uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to be able to go and, and receive it. What type of ceremony did they have? Oh, well, they had a parade for us. Uh, full, full. You know, the uh, platoon, a battalion parade at the at the Marine base there, uh, and. Uh, Sang the Marine hymn, oh, this oh, beautiful ceremony, parade, and we were we, we got a chance to meet the commandant, shake the commandant's hand, and of course the commandant who placed the, the the medal around our necks upon each individually, and of course we had been they had been entertained prior to the, the days prior to between but uh, this this all took place on Saturday, the parade all took place on Saturday, uh, and. Uh, it 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 was just a, a great experience, a rewarding experience. Were you served by a chaplain during your time in the service? Oh yes, oh yes, we did have a chaplain, uh, and of course they had a, uh, a, 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 a community house called the community house on the on the on the on the base. The chaplain had had services there on Sundays, mm-hmm. which I was all I was part of that as well. Yeah. Uh, having having been exposed to, to to church before I went in, that has always been my pursuit. Uh, my mom taught us to, to go to church, and that has always stayed with me. She taught us to say our, knee, our prayers at night. 
that's I still say the prayer, same prayer at night that she taught me then, mm-hmm. you know. And it comes back the the the, the, the scriptures that said, "Train up a child the way he's going; he's old, he won't depart." I'm still carrying out those Christian things that my mother taught me then. They, 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 and, and I feel comfortable with that because even though our the the denomination of church is different, Christ is the same. He's the same first now and forever. And the God that we serve then is the same God that I'm serving now and will always serve. Amen to that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So you're kind of a pioneer in the sense that you uh, came out here oh. to... Um, at that time, it was it was yes. the countryside yes. outside of Cleveland. Yes. Um, can you describe how that whole thing situation happened. took place? Oh, yes. Uh, now, our oldest daughter, Hassani, was uh, high school age at that time. We have three children, David, Hassani, and Jenny. Hassani was, was high school age, uh, entering high school, and we wanted a better school for her. <coughs> we weren't sure uh, how we were going to go about it, but uh, uh, but we prayed about it, okay? And uh, somehow or another... We, 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 well, we, there was a black circulation, newspaper circulation in Cleveland called the Collin Post. We started looking into the Collin Post for homes for sale. And we saw this place in Chesterland. And then prior to that, we had never heard of Chesterland. Mm-hmm. Because, because at that time, we lived on East 84th Street in Cleveland off Cedar Avenue. Okay? Uh, so, and we, so we, we went to the, to the, real estate agency that was list that was listing this property in Chesterland. It's uh, uh the Fox Realty then. And uh he brought us out to see the see the place in Chesterland. And there was a Japanese family that owned the home that we had we'd looked and he showed us. This Japanese uh the uh person had received he was a Japanese doctor who was working at Cleveland Clinic who had a black secretary and he asked her how he should advertise the home. That's how, how, how it happened to get in call and post. And uh, she told him to put it in the call and post, and that's how we happened to see it. Well, uh, he had, this doctor had received a grant to, to, uh, at Queens Hospital in New York to work on the artificial heart. And he had to sell, so he was moving. And we came and made him an offer, and he, he declined our offer, and then after uh, there was a group of people in the area who, who learned that blacks were moving into the neighborhood, they counter-offered us. But, he, it, but he, he, he told us that he thought it was undemocratic. Therefore, he ended up selling us the home for what he'd offered. Mm-hmm. Again, the Lord's work. And after that, now that I've moved out, and, and okay, it's so when I first came, uh, we... we had not, we had not joined the church yet, uh, but when there was a group called was the, the fair housing law had just been passed, and there was a group who, who was who wanted, who had organized themselves as going to cooperate with the fair housing law. One of them happened to have lived across the street hmm. from from where we were moving. Yeah, name was Larry Muling, the Muling family, and uh, they came over and introduced themselves to us. 
And, and uh, in fact, they got it, when they learned that we were buying the house, we became, he became friends of ours. And uh, we, each time we came out to do, to do something, he would make himself available, showing, showing, lending us his lawnmower and all that to, in order to get, help get the place cleaned up and everything. And, uh, and believe it or not, Larry was not a Christian either because later I learned that uh, some of the, the things that he said toward in, relative to, to Christ did not match with my beliefs. But mm-hmm. and yet, he, he was part of the group. Another thing that happened was, after we moved out, uh, the people that owned uh, the nursery here on Mayfield Road, the Sunnybrook Farm, the Roos, they uh, they were having a a picnic at the church of uh, the church of uh, the community church was having a picnic at the Roos farm. The Roos came over and got us as after we had moved out. Roos came over and got us and took us to the picnic. Introduced us to the people in the community there at that picnic. That was our first outing having since having moved here. So we we started going to the community church. We were about to join the community church. Uh, and now our membership was with Fellowship Lutheran Church in, in Cleveland on 112th and Ashbury prior to moving out. And uh, when uh, Pastor Linder, when we were sent back, we were about to join the Minister Church, Pastor Linder uh, wrote to Pastor Ranta and told him, who was Pastor Ranta was the pastor of St. Mark then. Mm-hmm. So you, you should get in touch with the maidens. They're about to leave the Lutheran Church. It was then that Pastor Ranta came to visit us. So Pastor Ranta invited us to come to church, and we came. And, of course, I got in the choir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the choir dispersed itself pretty much, amazingly. But there were, as the Lord would have it, there were four, three other guys who embraced me, we we formed a quartet, and we used to handle the morning service. That quartet handled the morning service for a period. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Harry Eichenberger, Ray Strader, Ray Strader, I forget the other guy's name now, Schuler, Schumann, Dick Schumann. Okay. Dick Schumann. Uh, he, he was he was the musical person. He, he played, he taught school, he taught music in school. He also played piano, new music here. He, so he was a, he was the instructor for he was the head of our quartet, and we 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 meet at either each other's homes uh, on a Thursday evening, and rehearse what we were going to sing, play pinochle, drink some beer, and be ready to sing songs on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good recipe. We had a me. we had a good we had a uh, just a wonderful time, mm-hmm. and then the choir started coming back. One by one, until, and I'm still part of the choir. Yes. That's I feel that's my place, and where I feel more comfortable. Now that even it's summertime now, and we and the choir is on on uh, recess until until rally day, I feel out of place. Right. I really, I feel mm-hmm. out of place. Mm-hmm. But I so I don't know where I hardly know where to sit. Right. Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's just the way it is. I'm accustomed to being in the choir. That's where I've always mm-hmm. been. If it's not there, it's a void for me on Sunday morning. So I sit in different parts of the church and and sit in, from time to time and uh, get a chance to meet fellow other people, part of the Christian family. 
and I enjoy this, my Christian family here. The Lord has blessed me here, but it was his doing, I know, that had us to move to Chesterland. I, I feel now that I was a missionary to come to Chesterland. Yes. You know, that St. Mark needed me and we needed St. Mark. And that's the way the Lord had it. And that's where he had arranged it. I've been here for 52 years now. And I'm, I feel very blessed being here. And I love being here. I love every. There isn't a person out there. Isn't it anyone on my mind that I know that I have hard feelings toward? Mm -hmm. And I thank the Lord for that. Right. And it's Christ in my life which has caused that to come to be. Because I've had. Well, there's been things done which would cause me to hate, but I, don't, I can't hate. Mm -hmm. I have to love. I have to love. Christ taught me that. That's, that's, that's part of Bill Maiden. Yes. The Christ in me, the hope of glory, which makes me love all. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that because one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, and you've essentially answered oh, it oh. just now, is how your faith enabled you uh -huh. to navigate some of those things. Because it's it's one thing for somebody just out in society uh -huh. to treat you a certain way mm -hmm. because of your race. If it wasn't for Christ, it's the Christ in me, the hope of glory that enables me to face whatever. That has become a part of me now, and that's the first thing that I practice, his presence with me. Yes. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And having read that, I hear him speaking to me. Mm -hmm. You know, that's those, even as I read it, I believe those. And he said, if you, he that believes and baptized shall be saved. Mm -hmm. Okay. I believed. I've been baptized and indoctrinated into, into his word. And I still there's much there that that, that that speaks to me day by day. I'm still in the Word, and there's I can't digest it all. I can't remember it all. It's too great. It's too much. But mm -hmm. that which the Holy Spirit wants me to know has become a part of me and part of my life, and that is part of my daily walk. I live by it. I rejoice by it. I have peace by it. That's a beautiful thing. It really is. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate, uh, you know, uh, and everyone that I see now, I know that it's part of God's creation. You know, he He formed us all in our mother's womb. Actually, our parents really didn't have any control over it. Mm -hmm. They happened to come together because that's, that's the way the Lord designed them, to come together as husband and wife. And the result of that is another human being which Christ wove together in our mother's womb. It caused us to come out into this world. Up to that time, we aren't breathing. But, but I learned, I've heard that they spank up on the bottom and they, they take a deep breath and been breathing ever since. Okay. Mm -hmm. All because the heart's beating. He keeps, he does it all. Without him. Blood running in our veins, even while we sleep, we wake up to a new day, mercies anew every morning. Great is his faithfulness to us. And he loved us enough to die for us so that we could spend eternity with that. that I, that's just too much for me to grasp. Yeah. Can't wrap my mind around mm -hmm. the fact that, it, that him loving the world so much that he would die 
for his creation so we can spend eternity with. It's, it's so amazing. And it is, as the song say, amazing love. It is. And that makes it so real to me. And I can't thank him enough. I see that thankfulness in the way that you treat people. Thank because, you. Because thank you. You know, we're sitting here, it's 2016. Mm-hmm. Our nation still has an extremely complicated mm-hmm. way of uh, you know, race relations. Oh, yes. Oh, and, yes. Uh, you know, lots mm-hmm. of things happening on the national mm-hmm. scale. Mm-hmm. But to hear you speak about what the gospel does, mm-hmm. that's, to mm-hmm. me, the way forward. Uh, because it enables anyone from mm-hmm. any walk of life, mm-hmm. no matter who you are, where yeah. you're from, yes. to relate to them uh, as a fellow child of God. Yes. yes. A, a redeemed sinner. We're all yeah. on the same playing field. That's the, the answer that the gospel has mm-hmm. for all of us mm-hmm. and how we're to treat mm-hmm. no matter who crosses our path in a given day. Right. I'm convinced. I am convinced no matter what man does, God is in control. Mm-hmm. God is in control. He has controlled history all the way from then to now and forevermore. He is in control of all history. And it's going to end according to the way he wants it to. We are just his subject. All glory and honor and praises to him. Man's inclination is to want to try to take over and magnify himself. Therefore, he will mistreat his, his brother or other man, rest of mankind in order to step up, to elevate himself. But he's not doing himself any good in this respect. He can't win. He can't win. Man can't win. He may as well honor Christ mm-hmm. as being the provider, the sustainer of all that he is. Whatever he is, anyhow, he's just what God made him. He wouldn't be, he would still be dust. <laughs> right. Yeah, he would still be dust mm-hmm. were it not for the Lord. You yeah. see? It's, so, in uh, as much as, and of course, that this body it's not the real me, you know? This isn't me. Christ in me, that which is in me is going to live with Christ forever. And when, so when, when, once, when, when death comes, that which the Lord has reserved, a place in me, he's taking back, back to himself. Mm-hmm. This, won't, this won't, I have a, a, a crypt over there in Western Reserve where the body will go, <laughs> but my soul will go be with the Lord. Yeah. This I know. And I'm content about that. I, that's give me the peace. Yes. Yes, give me peace. And no matter what happens, uh, no matter who get in office, you know, uh, if, they, if they trust in the Lord and do his will is what they, we have peace. If they don't trust in the Lord, there's going to be an element that's called, Satan, is, Satan is always, he walks around earth, they turn, Lord turned it over to him. He walks around earth to influence minds. If he can get the minds of anyone, you know, he will do that. Mm-hmm. And he can find a lot of people who will accept his prompting. But when he, when he come to me, I, I, Lord has given us an example when he went to tempt the 40 days and nights prior to him going to the cross. Use the word of the Lord in order to to turn him around. Exactly, see? yes. Absolutely. So, uh, he can't, you know, he's, he's, he's there, but he can't do, he, he's, he's powerless. 
Mm-hmm. But it's and, and it's the Lord's will, you know. He gives us a free will. Uh, he could, he could, he, he, but he wants us of of our own, you know, to to love him out of out of what he's just look and what he's done for us. And if and and if if anyone, he said, greater love has no man than one would lay down his life for his friend. And he kept telling his disciples, "I'll call you friend." And he did lay down his life for, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never, he can't change because he's holy. Yeah. And this is my peace and my joy. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I, I, I get a little worked up when I start thinking about <laughs> God. I hope you forgive me. No. That's, yeah, that's... But uh, just to think about it, think about his goodness. It's not out of because I'm depressed, it's because I'm joyful. Mm-hmm. I'm joyful. I, 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 it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good to know that uh, that uh, he's a loving father. That he's not enough of me. He's left me here for ninety three years, Lord willing. And I've, I've, I've somehow or another, hundred five is in my mind. I don't know where this here okay. is. Yeah. I'm, okay. I don't know, <laughs> but he knows. Right. He knows. Whatever right. his will is, this is what I tell him. Mm-hmm. Your will, Lord, not mine. But in the meantime, whatever he's ready, I'm ready. All right. You know, I'm ready. Because the eye has not seen, he tells me, ear has not heard, neither has it entered the heart of man. What he has prepared for those who love him. And any, all we know in this earth, everything that we've experienced on this earth, sin is involved with it. It's mingled in with it. So we can't know the joy of being in the presence of God where there's no sin. We can't know that. Right. We have not no we'll never know that. Mm-hmm. But until we get to be with the Lord. But on this earth, there's sin here, the Satan is here. We're gonna have trials in this world, and we're gonna have trials and tribulations. But he said, Be of be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. And he's our all in all. Yeah. That's our hope and our joy. It is. And I I love the fact that you keep returning to the word joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because joy as you are using mm-hmm. it and as Scripture uses mm-hmm. it truly means it's an enjoyment of God. Yes. Oh, yes. And that cannot be taken away by circumstances. That's right. It, that's a, sort of the bedrock foundation mm-hmm. of the Christian. A, a solid rock. Mm-hmm. Place uh, that's mentioned about a lot of times. Being up, being up, standing on a solid rock, sand sinks. You know, it's on, on shifting sand, sand shifts, but the rock foundation, the cornerstone of the church. Mm-hmm. He is the building block. This word, if we build on that, that is our, that's the thing that the church builds on. If we leave that out, we're not building properly. That's why. I wish there was more and more in the classes making themselves available what the Lord has to say and what he has to teach because he is still the only way. He is that truth that he talks about. He is that life. And when we live that, we, I have joy that brings tears to my every time I think about him mm-hmm. who loved me enough to die for me, you know, who sustains me. There's nothing that I need that I don't have satisfy all of my needs, and then some, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, 
it's it's just a beautiful thing. It is, and it it all begins with sitting at the Lord's feet yes. and listening. Yes, yes. And it seems like it's it's so hard mm-hmm. for many people mm-hmm. and for ourselves mm-hmm. to create the time just to do that. Yes, yes. But it's so necessary. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it is. Man's inclination ever since the Tower of Babel. That, that was a good example of what man's inclination is. He wants to glorify himself as man. And it's, it's, I guess it's always, always uh, it's, it's okay to have some, what's, uh, be proud of, of, of accomplishments, but in the, in the right light. The all praise and honor is due to the creator of all. All glory and honor goes to him, our creator, not to, we're just, um, uh, to be, we're just here to glorify him. Mm -hmm. Whatever we do, doctors, nurses, lawyers, whatever I do, even to the point of putting a plant in the ground and watching it grow, I can't do anything about it, but he can. Mm-hmm. I picked my first ripe tomato yesterday. He made it ripe. I couldn't make it ripe. Right. I, I put it in the pot though because he <laughs> showed me that. Mm-hmm. Put, put the put the put the plant in the soil and give it some nourishment. You know, right. it'll grow to fruition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beautiful example. Of, it is. It's a beautiful example. Of, and again of, and again, of goodness. It's, right? Scripture talks about mm-hmm. our lives with Him in terms of fruitfulness, yes, or, or yeah. gardening, or, yes. or right, sowing a seed. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Bill, how long were you married? Fifty-six years. Oh. Yeah, fifty-six years. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. us a little bit about marriage from the the Christian perspective. What what about your faith enabled you to last fifty six years with well, one 56, woman? Well, fifty six. Well, uh, fifty six years. They were not all blissful years. Uh, I have to be honest with you. Uh, uh, I've made mistakes, uh, and, and even though you're, I don't know whether. Uh, however, I, I can confess to you, I was not always faithful. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the Lord has forgiven me for that, I know. Uh, but but uh, it's a give and take. Things were not always rosy in our marriage. Uh, I was going to I was going to, to college prior to on the GI Bill uh, when we first moved before we moved to Cleveland. In fact, that was our purpose, and our purpose for moving here was to that I would enter case and. Uh, my wife would, while I was in service, gentleman was working at University Hospital, and uh, I was, and while going to school, I was getting hundred twenty dollars. We were getting hundred and twenty dollars a month subsistence, and uh, you know for, and, but my tuition was all paid. The hundred twenty dollars was okay. We were making it, mm-hmm. but uh, while I was in service, she had come to live in Cleveland with her sister, and her husband. And she had gotten a job at at uh, Mount Sinai Hospital, and she wanted to come back, move back over, to get her job there to to supplement that hundred and twenty dollars that I would get that we were getting, and uh, I was to go into case. Well, we moved here in June. She became pregnant with Hasadi, who's our president, the oldest daughter, Hasadi. Well, there was no money saved. Okay, mm-hmm. and and baby's coming up nine months later. I had no insurance. 
I had to, I, in every place I went looking for a job. I was including my my time at Lawrence Tech. Finally, the guy told me at Tap at Tapco, I won't give you a job because you you vote, you're overqualified oh, for the Lawrence Tech time. Mm -hmm. So the next place I went was was Euclid Road Machinery. I left my Lawrence Tech experience off the application. I got a job in the Burbank, the very lowest job in the plant, mm -hmm. but I needed work. Yeah. See? So I took the job. After I'd worked there for a year, I went into personnel. The personnel manager's name was Phil Nepo. I'll never forget that. And told him my story that I had every intention of staying with, with Euclid Road Machinery when I first got here, but I needed to work. And I, I had uh, each, each jo as jobs available in the shop, you go in, you, they, they put them on the bulletin board. And they call you in for interview based on your educational experience. Therefore, I wanted my Lawrence Tech time put on my, my record so that when calling me in for interviews, that was the personnel manager could see that, well, he's had this experience with Lawrence Tech, where I had engineering, drawing, uh, uh, blueprint reading and, and, and drawing as well, and uh, trigonometry and, you know, at least physics. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that was all part of my experience. And, and, and he understood and put it on my record. After that, I started moving up, mm -hmm. okay? From bird bench to gadget crane operator, stock chaser, stock chaser where you bring in raw to casting to machines. Now, my first job was just filing burrs off machine parts called the bird bench. You file those burrs off, the, off gears and so forth so they would fit uh, properly mesh and mesh with the other gears uh, wash them up clean them up paint them up so they can't be uh, with with a well uh, weatherproof material so that weather wouldn't rust them and put them on pallets set them aside until they're ready, ready to be assembled that was my very first job that I did that all all day long mm -hmm. then after I went into personnel then they they started the job became the gantry crane operator where you go up and they, you work operate the gantry crane outside bringing stock in to be processed. Then we moved from gantry crane to layout layout person where you lay out the, uh, prior to machining if they didn't have a blueprint they they didn't have uh, 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 a templates for certain t tools you had to lay them out lay lay it out with uh, this head chalk. That you could lay lay it out, uh, prick punch it for dr like drilling, or if you had to have a, sh a certain shape, lay that shape out. It could be burned. These kind of things in order in order to to fit them into the product. From from layout to jigs and fixture building, which would affect uh, drilling and processing the various parts for for manufacture, and from drilling from jigs and fixtures to uh, design. Ended up being a, a tool designer eventually, mm -hmm. but all because I waited that year to get get that get large tech on my record, and then it was then that I was able was able to utilize some of the things and and and, and being coming up through the ranks in the shop, I knew everything uh, that the different processes that, that equipment had to 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 go through in order to be be processed for manufacture. Therefore, it helped my design ability as well. Mm -hmm. See, so the Lord was looking out for me all those times too. It's, but I didn't know it. Patience is the mm -hmm. thing. Wait patiently for the Lord, and He will give you the. It will come to pass. But what you as you trust in Him, absolutely. Yes. So, 
Let's just say that there's a young person Uh who, um, you know, you have their ear. And in a sense, you know, you're going to have the ear of whoever listens to this program. But let's just say there's sort of a young person they're thinking about, you know, what should their life be about? What should their priorities be? You have the opportunity to speak to them. What advice would you give them about? life in general, uh, what their priorities ought to be and what they should be looking for? First of all, avail themselves to the words. What the things we learned in Sunday school, uh, allow those things to be become a part of our lives. Now, when I was in, in, in uh, elementary school, we were taught the 23rd Psalms, which is still a part, as I still say. Mm-hmm. My mother taught me the Lord's Prayer each night. I still say the Lord's Prayer. And actually, the older you grow, the more you say these things, the more they have, the Holy Spirit brings its meaning, their meaning to you. You can identify with it how, it, how it ties in with what the Lord wants of your life. And in spite of that, and you asked me a while ago, how did our marriage go? Uh, there were storms. There were times of stormy times in our marriage. And things didn't all go, always go well. But one thing that... Uh, I was also taught is to not to go to bed angry, mm-hmm. to not to go to go to, to go to sleep on the anger. Whatever uh, is each each things that, that has happened that day, make peace before you before you go to bed. Talk about it, air it out, so that you know you're not you're not you're not it's not nourished over the night and come right first thing in the next morning and starting all over again mm-hmm. because. Uh, if you do, Satan will take advantage of it. Right. But if you make up before you go to sleep, then things, it, it, it looks totally different the next. A brand new day is a new day. It's mercies of bread starting off new in that morning, too. Correct. So talk it over before you go to bed. Never go to bed angry. Or whatever has happened the day, let that let it leave it with that day. Get it over with it that Get it over with that day. Confess your sins one to another, which happened, which I did, uh, when, I, when I was wrong, mm-hmm. I confessed my sins to my wife, and she forgave me. Mm-hmm. Things were, and, and when she, when, I know I have forgiveness now from the Lord, because I've asked his forgiveness too, so mm-hmm. all is well. Mm-hmm. All is well. But don't ever be, actually, whatever, it should be able to talk about anything to your, uh, to your spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what, and if you have forgiveness with your fellow man, you know you have for, you have forgiveness from Christ because He showed how much He loved us by having died for us, and wants us to spend eternity with Him. So, if I'm able to keep peace with my fellow man, I know that I have peace with God. Yeah. And you mentioned also patience, which I think is so yes, important. Yes, it is. Yes, it for is. Anybody be anxious about nothing. He tells us. But all things with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make our wishes known to him. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep our hearts and minds, he tells us. Yes. Okay? And these things, these, his, his word is true. If we could just, if, the, if, we, if we, we believe it enough to let the Holy Spirit bring to our minds when the situations arise and the situations are going to arise, let his word be that. Defense mm-hmm. that we need, or that which will 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 change our way of thinking and certainly our way of action. 
His word is the word, the thing that saves. It is that his word is the that's the thing that that's the, the 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 key. His word is the key to our existence and and our living and our dying. It's the house built on the rock. Absolutely. It? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Bill, I thank you for sharing your memories of what God has done for you in the past in such a, a powerful way. I'm going to ask you one more question, yes. and that sure. is, with all of that in view, mm-hmm. what is God doing for you today? Today, God is 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 uh, he's keeping me. He's he's he has making me realize more and more how good he is to me. Uh, each day that I live, uh, he tell in Psalm 90, Moses mentioned three score and ten. A score is 20, three score is 60, 10 is 70. And I don't, I, I, why for 70 years? I don't know, but that's God's business. Mm-hmm. But I, but I, before, long before I got to be 60, that was my aspiration. And he said, but if by reason of strength we read, make four score, I've, I've exceeded that. Mm-hmm. And, I, if, and each day that I have, it's a gift from him, and he has a purpose for me each day. And I still feel as long as I live, he has something for me to do. Therefore, my life is his. I'm not, I don't, I'm not Bill Maidens. Bill Maidens is just, I'm just walking around here to be used by him and whatever he wants to use me. I don't know what else he asks me to do, but I'm willing. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm available to him whatever it might be. And that's really the greatest ability that you can give to God is yes. your availability. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm his. However he wants to use me, I used to be, uh, Pastor Jesse assigned me for Stephen minister. Mm-hmm. He did. And that was, the, uh, actually, I think during that time, I realized the greatest growth in the church of having be be assigned as a Stephen minister to where you try to re, you go you have a person that's hurting and you to go and try to be there for them first of all mm-hmm. try to be a good listener to whatever is is bothering them whatever is is hurting them or whatever is facing they are facing at the time and allow them through the Holy Spirit to 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 accept what the, the Holy Spirit dictates to them in the process of what's bothering them. Mm-hmm. As a person, uh, I can't do anything. God can do it all, but he uses people through which he works. And just to, to, a lot of times to, to be a good listener and allow a person to talk about what's bothering them they end up with a solution by the Holy Spirit teaching mm-hmm. them, just being able to talk it over to themselves or hear themselves talk. Right. And even in the course of conversation, all of a sudden the light comes. Mm-hmm. You see? Well, the main thing is to be there and to let the person know that I'm here for you. I'm here to listen to whatever is bothering you, and I will be with you. No matter you can, if you, if 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 that's if you need me when I'm not here, I'm as close as the phone. Say the phone is the next best thing to being there. 
to be there. I that I felt I grew then. That was a, a growing, a very a good point in my life when Pastor Jesse made that assignment to me. And there's still, and once a Stephen minister to a person, uh, you're always that Stephen minister. That relationship or that that uh, confidence that's shared, because you actually you you spill your soul to each other. Mm-hmm. You share, and it's all confidential. And that person gets your confidence. You get theirs, and there's a bonding there which which can't. It's unexplainable, but. God, God knows it's there. It is still there. I, I, I was blessed to be assigned to two Stephen ministries, to to two people, two persons who were Stephen ministries. One is past, and one is is uh, still a member of the church. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, I don't, I think I can. The church knew then, and I don't think you being a part of the body. I can tell you, body more. Mm-hmm. When her husband, she she lost two husbands in the process. I had a chance to minister her to her during the course of both of those losses. Bonnie Moore and I are still very good friends. Sure, you see, yes, and uh, 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 we love each other in the in a Christ-like way. Mm-hmm. You see, and uh, another person that I had was uh, Pastor Ken's mother. Oh my! Thank God. Mm-hmm. Beautiful lady. <laughs> but the Lord has a home now. But mm-hmm. uh, Eileen and I had a beautiful relationship. And we still have, you know, uh, but she's with the Lord. I'm here. Mm-hmm. and But we were blessed, both blessed through, through each other's life. And, and, and that's one of the things about the Stephen ministry. You receive a blessing being able to minister to somebody else. You receive a blessing. You're mm-hmm. equally, you're both a blessed. It's a beautiful thing. It is. It did for some reason. Well, it did the 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 office of it in the church went with Pastor. Uh, oh, I can't think of this. I, I have, that's one of the problems. Mm. Uh, Was Mitchell after Mitchell? Jesse? Okay, yes, okay. He 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 went for the class, or well, we all went to class. I went for a renewal. He went. He was part of it over at uh, Saint Anselm Church. Mm-hmm. And couple of the, one of the guys that was part of that same class, he's spoken to our men's group lately, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that 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 was beautiful time. It was just a good time, and I was blessed by it. I'm still being blessed by it. Yeah. I'm still being blessed by it. But I, it, as I look back on it, I I experienced my more more Christian growth during that time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's a real gift to give to someone, and you are a real gift to everybody who knows you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I sincerely appreciate your time today. Thank you. Um, If you would like to get in touch with the program here, uh, I invite you to write at faithpodcast at Mm outlook.com. Again, that's faithpodcast Mm -hmm. at Mm outlook.com. We'd be very happy to uh, correspond with you Mm -hmm. and uh, answer any questions that you might have. So once again, thank you, Bill Maiden, for joining us today. It's been a blessing to me uh, to hear your story and uh, to share what you've shared today. Thank, thank you, you so Pastor much. Mark. It's a pleasure for me yes. to unload or to to look back on my life and still parade, have it parade before me. Mm-hmm. And I, I think about, as I said, I, 
to uh, I reflect on my and look back over my life and see if there's anything I need still need to confess. You know, mm-hmm. I, I look back and uh, it it uh, it's it's a good thing. I appreciate the yeah. time, and I appreciate. I hope this can be effective for whatever its intentions are. Ask the Lord's blessings upon it. Thank you so much. Yes. yes. And remember, weeping may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs>